Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and the start of a brand new year. Happy New Year! I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we discuss the recent headlines, El Kaiser has tales of new hardware, and we ask ourselves, are we a fully mobile world now, or do we still need big desktop computers? Ooh, that's a big question. Fodder for discussion. Yes, fodder. Yes, uh, but first, uh, some news, news. Or, and some, some Happy New Year uh, greetings. Happy it New is Year officially to you. 2020. It is 2020. Wow, I never thought I'd live so long. Yeah. But, you and, know, uh, hey, rock and roll, baby. Yeah. Did, did you have a good New Year's Eve? I had a great New Year's Eve, a good holiday, the whole nine yards. I pretty much worked through the whole thing, so. but the kids were home and we had fun and we did all the Christmassy stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, now it's back to the grind. I know. The, back the, to the, the grind. Uh, dark January. It's not super cold here yet. Yeah, Mandalorian's done. I know. But you know what I've done? Are you watching The Witcher? No, I'm going to start Witcher. I didn't realize, again, it's funny, It's it, this new TV landscape has freaked me out. Yeah. Again, you and I are both of the same generation. Mm-hmm. We had three channels and we had local television. Rabbit ears. Rabbit yeah. ears. So I read a story where the Mandalorian got displaced as the biggest show in the world mm-hmm. by Witcher, which I have the game loaded up on my, uh, like one or two of the games loaded yeah. up on my Xbox, but I haven't been able to play it. But uh-huh. anyway, I know it's a series of books and all that stuff. Don't at me. But the point is that these gigantic TV shows are now global. Television is global. Oh, yeah. It drops and it just streams out to all these countries. Everyone's it's in the amazing. same cultural conversation and different languages. It's amazing to me. The Mandalorian finished. No spoilers, but they got to come back soon. In the interim, I'm reading Lone Wolf and Cub, which was Oh, that was a the very, Mando, that was a landmark. Yeah. Which was obviously the source mm-hmm. material for this. There's no... There's no arguing the point. Totally the source material. Do yourself a favor, folks. I've tweeted about it already, but it is the best manga I've ever read in my life. Period. The best comic I've ever read. The the stories are phenomenal. That's like 20 years old now. It's it's, it's 1970. Oh, even low. So I must have read it in reprint. Yes, it's been been reprinted a couple of times. But, I mean, the movies are actually pretty good. There's a couple of sus television series in Japan that weren't so bad. But the whole idea, I mean, I've always loved that, that lone you know, outlaw, Mm -hmm. the Batman vibe, you know, but then you throw a cute little kid in the mix. Ugh, you know, you got me, you hooked me, you hooked me. But anyway. Yes. I have to say. You have to say. I did have my little adventure with computing. Oh, yes. Should uh, we talk about that now or are we are going to talk about it later? What you want to get the news about? out of the way? Let's do the news. Just, Let's do you the know, news. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, because then we can get you all revved up for your I'm already revved up. I'm, like ready. I'm ready for 2020. Yeah. Well, this we'll, is my decade. All right. You have claimed it. The Kaiser decade. I so, heard a, a new term, by the way, which has obviously been around for a while and I'm just late to it. Surveillance capitalism. Oh. 
Oh. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, yeah, I believe it's popped up in I read, a few. I read uh, a Harvard. I'm, I'm, I feel so smart. I read a story from Harvard, so that I feel like really like kind of Ivy League right now. Now, did uh, surveillance capitalism make you paranoid and nervous? Oh, please. Everything makes me paranoid yeah. and nervous. But anyway, news. Yes, news. What happens in early January every year in the um, tech world? Um, oh, it's that little party in Vegas. Yes, yes. They Some nerds get together yes. and they bring their new toys and everyone goes and looks. Yes, the Consumer Electronics yes. Show. And they're hanging out with Ivanka this year. I, yes, she, yes, she did the keynote this year. I uh, don't get the whole tech connection, but hey, yeah, they, who am I to judge? Yeah, and I, I have not watched uh, the speech because no. as with CES, because we're nerds, we yes. just want to see what the weirdest, goofiest yes. gadgets yes. and the themes that are going to be put forth is this is the future of technology. Let me guess. Uh, is either a toilet or a clothes folder? Well, year, well, the toilets right? are there every year. There was It wasn't quite a clothes folder, but there is a new kind of wastebasket that when you push a button, mm-hmm. it bags itself and realigns itself. So, nice. So you don't have to go in there and get all the you know the gross garbage bag and get right. that out of there. You push a button and it magically folds up its liner, ties itself, and then you just take out the the bag of garbage, and and the new liners there ready for you to go. Did you ever watch the Jetsons? I did religiously. Remember Rosie the robot? Yeah, she did everything. That's what I want. Yeah, so you That's just want straight up Rosie. I, yeah, I just want straight up Rosie. That's all I want. Yeah. And, I'll, pay, and, I'll pay the robot, yeah. you know, whatever it wants to get paid. Yeah. You know? Maybe an oil or whatever. Yes. Well, And I like the fact that Rosie looked like a robot. There wasn't yes. any of this uncanny valley yeah. weird simulation. Because yeah. you know, there's already hotels, I think, in Japan where they've got AI-enhanced sort of lifelike looking robots doing some of the check-in. And that's a little too— No, that's crazy. No. Yeah. That, I work. would rather have that little robot that brings you like the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And then locks on your door and just has a little—it opens the thing yeah. and then you got a sandwich. I could deal with that. You want a robot that's obviously a robot, not a replicant. Right. Not anything that's going to like kill Correct. you in your sleep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I'm cheap, so I don't have to tip. Hey. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's—you uh, just tip it because you're helping, you know, the of technology. Course. I just flick a quarter out of it. Yes. Wow, that's just rude. Yeah. That was rude. I'm sorry, robot. Yeah. No, no, they, they don't have any feelings. I'm I sorry, think sandwich robot. Yes, they will have feelings. That's when the problems start. All right. Well, you yeah, see what I'm saying? that in. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, were, there were many new things uh, announced this year, <laughs> yes. as there always is. Always. Uh, the toilets always have a, a stake in yes. this tune, and you know, we'll, we'll do our toilet update. And we're always point. all over the toilet, so. Yeah, but helpful household robots, to your point, were yes. a very big thing. Yeah. Um, there is uh, Samsung. Uh, is this is uh, according to CNN's roundup. Uh, Samsung showed off a yellow tennis ball-like robot named Bali, like BB-8, um, really? that acts as your personal assistant following you around the house and helping with chores. CNN says, for example, Samsung says the built-in camera can detect spills and tell your smart vacuum to go clean them up. And if an elderly person falls, Bali can roll over and be near them so they can call 911 on the robot. Bali. 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 You think you could at least call it baller, yeah, you know, and something. give it some kind of yes. Yeah. But um, Bali. Yeah, and there, there's also a Charmin has a robot um, Whoa, controlled by app. Charmin. Yes, the toilet paper people. Whoa! I, let me let me get myself settled in for this one. Yeah. This one's going to be good. And it's, and it's not bear shaped. I don't believe. Like okay, the, the, like the commercial. Yeah, but basically the Charmin robot, which you can control with an app, brings you a new bog roll when you run out. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> see, I was I was thinking this was in a totally different direction. Yeah, yeah, but no, okay. No, it's not going yeah, to be the neighbor's if house. You, if you live by yourself, yeah. that could be useful. Yeah, and right now it's a concept only. It's but, you a, know, sometimes oh, see, people get very it's excited. Vaporware it's like, now. It's well, vaporware. You know, if I'm in a vulnerable position in the bathroom and I run out of toilet paper, right. it will be very nice to have a toilet paper robot roll in with a fresh roll. The TP robot. Yeah. You know, as humanity, it's like we Wally. just failed. We've just failed, you know? Yeah. We're going to be sitting there drinking Slurpee cups and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but, but we'll, we'll see. I, I would love for the Charmin robot just to become real so we can make fun of it, you know, oh, with the gusto. But, that uh, would be great. But is there a Robo Kitties? Uh, and we talked about one last year, remember, that was just the cat's butt and tail yeah. and didn't yeah. have a head. But if you needed something to hug, you could, like, hold this, like, vibrating yes. cat butt with a tail. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that turned up. There's also a robotic pet cat. Cat called Mars Cat, probably a little more lifelike than those Sony Ibo dogs. That that was out there, Robo Kitties. I guess for people with allergies. Yes, uh, allergies. Maybe that's of course. A new virtual assistants. You know, th- those are always big. The vertical TV was getting a lot of press, and no. TVs in general. I mean, you know, TVs in general. Always, yeah. It's, it's For a, a while, it was the 3D TV was going to be big and then not so much. the shack size TVs. The shack size. And then they – remember the curved TVs yeah. a year or two ago? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they realized, well, some people sitting on the outer periphery have a horrible viewing angle. So the curved TVs, not so much. But now it's rollable, foldable TVs. Okay. So you have the TV that kind of – uh, rolls out and yeah. you say space that way and then they also have folding ones so if you want to have a bigger TV than say your cabinet right. it can pop up and then extend itself so, so that's the fold out TV the vertical TV though this was one that was getting a lot of news clips so it's a Samsung thing. It's called the Ciro, and it's a display that can rotate either horizontally or vertically. Uh, people really want you to watch vertical video. Why? Why would um, people want to watch vertical video? I don't get this. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's sort of a concept thinking, well, if you're reading a feed or if you're doing something that's usually more in the vertical format, you can just spin the TV screen and look at it that but why way. why would I be doing that on my TV? Like, TV is what we're going to be doing everything on? I don't oh, know. I, I I don't get it. didn't quite get it. There were also some transportation devices, and one of them reminded me of the speeder bikes in Star Wars. Really? But it's a hydrofoil bike that basically is battery-powered, but you can hydroplane across water on it. Uh, so kind of like a pedally jet ski, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I can see the fail videos now. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're developing that. Um, there's also working on a flying taxi that's still a prototype. Not <laughs> flying for taxi. Five years. A flying taxi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that one for a second. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, you know, they say it's not going to be out till 2023, so we okay. still have some time. Um, Segway, uh, remember oh, yeah, the, the Rolly thing? Uh, yeah, they were supposed to change our world. Yeah, well, they, they certainly changed uh, walking tours in San Francisco, but I don't know yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the rest of the, the world. Um, but yes, uh, the S-Pod is our new thing. It's sort of a um, chair on wheels kind of thing. Um, and, and throwing back to my Wally joke a few minutes yeah. ago. When yeah, you're, I was just yeah, going to Yeah, they're, they're saying that. this is this is sort of like the ones used in Wally, where the nice. people with their Slurpees just floated around on their, their rolling chairs. So it's designed for uh, spaces like malls and airports. It's an indoor device. It can go up to 24 miles an hour, which is pretty fast for a, a 24 chair. 24 miles an hour indoors. Yeah. So wait for the lawsuits there. Wow. But they're, uh, people are just, you know, testing and seeing. And, you know, it's, it's sort of balance-based, like the original Segway, yeah. which you have to stand up, and this one you can sit down. So... 
So, so that's a thing. Um, wow. But, but many, many products, you know, the, the sex toy people are always there. Yeah, There's they're always, always fingerprint there. scanner people. Yeah. Um, a new Coke product oh, uh, really? launched. It's uh, Coke Energy has four times the caffeine of a traditional can of Coke. Let me tell you something. If they do a Coke Zero version, I'm all over this. Oh, so a Coke Zero Energy? Yes. Yeah, that might be kind of hard to sell for me. That's, hey, you know what? They just can make it for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't drink regular Coke, too much sugar. Yeah. But a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero yeah. with this extra caffeine, I'm all over it. People who tried it there, uh, they even tried the, I guess it has flavors, the Cherry Coke version, yeah, said it tasted all. like Cherry Coke mixed with Gatorade. So I don't nice. know how you feel about that flavor combination. Hey, listen, I'm here for the caffeine. I'm only here for the caffeine. Yeah, um, but you can order the drink via Amazon's Alexa in the U.S., especially at retail stores on January 28th. They better have a diet version. Four times the amount of caffeine, though. Hey. They should just call it like Coke Heart Exploder because... <laughs> Dump, 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 I'm, willing, dump, dump, dump. I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. I got 20 hours of editing after this. Yeah. So I'm willing to take that chance. You need you some Coke energy. Yes, I do. Yeah. So, so that was their uh, mixed reality glasses. I think oh, okay. they've been Is that what we're calling years. it now? Mixed reality? Yeah, well, yeah. Augmented, mixed. Uh, uh, okay. You know, I like augmented. That's always been. Yeah. Well, I think the, the technically there's slightly different uses for there. But uh, this the, the one, the uh, Nebula glasses, I guess you can run Android apps in virtual space. Nice. But yeah, also. Also, auto-tuning earbuds. I know you have poo-pooed uh, this concept auto-tuning. before. Auto-tuning. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. a Kickstarter-based thing. But they, apparently these earbuds listen to the way you hear, map your eardrum and your inner ear's responsiveness, and then shape the sound to fit it. No. I'm just going to say that's my only response. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything else about this. Just no. Yeah. So no $200 self-mapping inner earbuds for you. That would be no. Yes. Um, the plant-based phone case, I guess, to get away from our rubber and petroleum-based cases. Can uh, I eat cases. the case? I, I don't think you would want to. It's 100% compostable material, but made from, from plant-type products. But uh, listen, you know what? That's what always freaks me out when you see like, what is it? Now they call it Dunkin'. It's not Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. Yeah. They have that plant-based meat. Yeah. That really does not sound appetizing. Yeah, and I don't know if they legally have to say that just so the meat people don't get get angry. But you've seen all of these sort of like new terms like vegan leather, which I guess we used to call Nogahide. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, so vegan leather. Vegan leather. Come on. Yeah. Branding. Just rebranding. Yeah. Plant-based. I'm going to eat my my case just to make a point. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to get one and I'm going to – Eat it right on camera. I might even eat it on the show. All right. Well, that's $40, not including the trip to the emergency room. Can I expense so. that? <laughs> yeah, check, check the uh, PopTech Jam accounts here. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So those were just a few of the products uh, that caught our eye. We will have a uh, link on the show page to uh, fuller wrap-ups of the show if you want to really drill down and see some yeah. of the inventive products that were yeah, introduced you know, this year. People have asked us in other years, yeah, we don't go crazy about CES anymore. It's just, you know, yeah. it's that most of it for me personally is vaporware. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's your most concept it. and it's not, you know, and I think a lot, they, they tear them as trial balloons. They just float this stuff up there, yeah. see if anyone's going to jump on. If they do, then maybe they do a production run. But and no on the vertical TVs, okay? Yeah. Just stop it, people. Yeah. Just stop it. You're getting yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, and it physically spins. Of like course. it's not even yeah, a, No, that's just silly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on from CES news, um, and we have some legal stuff uh, later on because uh, last year, you know, the end of the year, new laws always kick in at the beginning of the new year. But before we even get to that, 
uh, Twitter uh, was also at CES and um, made an announcement. Uh, they uh, said that they are going to be adding a new setting to the Compose screen that allows you to designate conversation participants. And so to explain that a little further, uh, this setting will have four options, which are global, group, panel, and statement. Global lets anybody reply to you, including the trolls and the bots. Group is for people you follow and mention. The panel setting uh, is people you specifically mention in the tweet. So if you're adding somebody or whatever, they they, uh, can reply to you. And the statement simply allows you to post a tweet and receive no replies. So you're just throwing a statement out there. I imagine that one could be popular with some people. Yes. Uh, Twitter is also working on a new conversation view to show threading and plans to make it easier to customize the display of Twitter lists. So, you know, followers you have grouped together in a list. Wow. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to maybe clean up a little bit of the cesspool. And if people just like start putting things on the statement setting and blasting it out. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. Without any replies, it's like, well, what's the fun of that? Because, you know, half the fun in Twitter is seeing somebody get royally dunked when they post something. And the whole point is it's supposed to be social. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of going against the Yeah, see, the antisocial side. So um, I I, I will withhold judgments. We'll have to try it out and see. And I will. I'll be making a lot of statements, people. Yeah. You be get ready. Yeah. Just gird your loins because yes. I'm going to be stating like a fool. Yes. The El Kaiser okay? Statement Factory That's is right. open for business. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also on social media news uh, or anti-social oh, media, anti-social case maybe, news, uh, yes. Facebook has announced it's going to ban manipulated deepfake video designed to mislead viewers. Well, now while this all sounds well and good and about time, Facebook's critics have pointed out the new policy leaves a giant loophole by allowing manipulated videos intended as parody or satire. <laughs> which everyone's going to say, well, that was my satire. Yeah, that was Nancy a Pelosi. satirical, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so that will still allow a, a lot of misinformation to slither uh, through the ban there. But um, the social network also announced that it's put its ad library online so people can see the data for all the ads about social issues, elections, politics, and more. A statement uh, from the company on its site says the ad library provides advertising transparency by offering a comprehensive searchable collection of all ads currently running across Facebook products, including Instagram. Anyone can explore the library with or without a Facebook or Instagram account. You can access all active ads, even ones that may not have been shown to you because you weren't part of that advertiser's intended audience, end quote. I am so over Facebook. Yeah. This is like, you know over it. I don't understand why people are still on that platform. It's it makes the, no sense to It's me. the grandkid photos and the puppies get, and the you know vacation what? shots. I get it. And the like gossip. I, like I've said before, I've connected with all the people I want to connect with. Yeah. And they know where to reach me. Yeah. And how to reach me. I don't need anyone else. Yeah. And that that's the whole point of Facebook. Facebook was about connecting with people that you had lost connection. Yeah, it wasn't about posting fake no. memes it, created by exactly Russian bots right. and picking exactly fights. Exactly and- right. So, you know what? It served its purpose for me. I'm done. I've been off it over a year now, I think. Oh, wow. You must be just feel like, you know, freedom. It does, you know, but, you know, and it's funny, though. I get a lot of, oh, did you see this on Facebook? No, I didn't see it on Facebook, yeah. and I don't care to, you know. Yeah. I, they, there's a lot less outrage that I'm feeling. I get enough outrage on Twitter. Yeah. But now I'm going to be stating stuff. Yeah. Get ready, folks. Did I mention this already? I think yeah, I did. no, I think yeah. you, were, you were ready to make a statement. 
So, so, our, so that's what Facebook is doing. Um, but speaking of ads uh, being all the rage in social media feeds, Spotify has announced its plans to use information it's personally collected from its users to place targeted ads inside its own podcast. These are just the ones that Spotify produces. Yeah, yeah. This means listeners of the same Spotify show could hear uh, ads different from somebody else because it's all based on mm-hmm. what the uh, service has collected about you, your likes, your dislikes, what right. you might be apt to click on and purchase. And so you could get your own customized ad reel, uh, and all of this could turn Spotify into a podcast ad network all its own. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what they're planning on yeah. doing. This is, I, I mean, setting aside the fact that, you know, that's very exciting for someone like me mm-hmm. who does podcasts for a living and has a little tiny little media company that's looking to scratch a living out of it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's very exciting. So we'll see where that goes. Now, moving on to legal news. With the end of 2019, you know, back there in the rearview mirror, oh, yeah. uh, several pieces of new tech-focused legislation have kicked in. Now, if you've noticed an increase in privacy policy update uh, notices I in your mailbox indeed. the past— I did, uh, indeed. I think pretty much every site you subscribe to yeah. or have an account to said, we've updated our privacy policy. And Absolutely. Like, Why is that? It's because uh, the state of California, you can thank them. Uh, the new California Consumer Protection Act has gone into effect uh, for— both uh, Californians and companies that do business in California, which, quite frankly, is a huge swath of the tech business. Fifth largest uh, budget or whatever. Yeah, like GDP economy or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah huge, huge amount of uh, business there. Um, so under this new law, people impacted by the change will be able to uh, know what personal information is being collected about them. Uh, See and access that information, know if their personal information is disclosed and with whom, know if their personal information is sold and have the right to opt out of that sale, and receive equal service and price whether or not they exercise their privacy rights. So this is all the things in this law. Which sounds very uh, aggressive on, very, on the front. Very, um, but, very uh, European, actually. Yes, uh, and, and we're going to get to them in a moment, too. Now, if you actually took the time, though, to read some of those privacy update notices, uh, you'll find out that the companies aren't exactly going to make it easy for you to contact them and ask them to stop selling your personal data. And it's a thing where you actually have to take the initiative oh, yeah. and make them stop. They're just not going to stop, and you get to opt in. You have to do all the heavy lifting here. And they're still going to keep hoovering up your deets, no matter what. So Surveillance capitalism. Yes. So, so you do um, you do have a little bit of, of say into if they're going to sell your material to other people, but you gotta be prepared for. But they might not be listening. Yeah, yeah. or just a lot of emails. Yeah, some some places are have put up an email address to email that and you get out. Some places making it a little bit harder to get that. But, yeah, um, I can imagine. But this is one of the first. You know, big major laws that um, have gone into effect in this country anyway to like try it. to rein some of this stuff in. Go Cali. Yes. Um, and uh, you mentioned Europe a moment ago. Um, over in Europe, regulators are worried, though, that the General Data Protection Regulation, you know, the GDPR, yeah. that went into effect in May of 2018, isn't keeping big tech in line like they hoped it would. Now, on, on paper, it's considered the world's toughest privacy law. But the inability of lawmakers to actually enforce the regulation, uh, and they've also had some wimpy cooperation on investigations, it's all making the GDPR seem kind of toothless. Yes. So so aside from a 50 million euro fine that I think France's uh, privacy agency slapped on Google last year, there haven't really been any big giant fines or remedies uh, levied at a U.S. tech giant. And right. we have many of them. So. Yes, we do. 
but uh, Google got that swipe from France. And uh, the two companies that are sort of the places where American companies go to get their European headquarters, uh, Ireland and Luxembourg, I believe, for tax reasons. Luxembourg. Yes. Uh, those two countries uh, are the most directly responsible for policing the tech sector, but they haven't finished, I believe, any single investigation of any consequence or magnitude yet. Nice. Nice. Um, and part of it, you know, there's red tape and backlog. They got and, things to do. They yeah, got things they, to they, do. You know, it's a crazy world out there. Yeah. But this is a very complex uh, look at how uh, the GDPR is not living up to its promise. And Politico has a full story, so we'll have a link to that uh, for those who want to do the deep dive into it. I think I might. So so that's sort of the counterpoint to uh, the, the California. It's like, yeah, you've got this big law, but will it be enforced? Will it be enforced? See, that's the thing. If you can't really come through if with the big bat and the big hammer, I mean, yeah. what do you got? You're just mouthing stuff. Yeah, you got big giant stacks of paper. Yes. Uh, you so, just suck and win, basically. Yeah, but but there is more uh, legislation uh, to talk about here, though. A federal bill cracking down on criminal telephone robocallers uh, was signed into law last week. Uh, the new legislation imposes stiffer fines, uh, as much of $10,000 per call on robocallers who knowingly blow off the rules on calls. And the law also instructs the FCC to develop further regulations that could uh, shield consumers from unwanted calls. Uh, this particular law is just one protection that's being taken to combat robocalls, and there are more measures on the way. Last summer, the FCC voted to give wireless carriers the authority to block unwanted robocalls automatically uh, for all of their customers. And so bit by bit, they're starting to – because everyone's realizing that this is yeah. becoming just a nuisance. I get five or six a day, and it's usually Easily. someone uh, speaking in Mandarin telling me I'm yeah, going to be deported. Yeah, I'm getting deported. those same ones. Yeah, I'm getting those same ones. Um, but but just tons of this stuff going through, and there are little measures, you know, like the Apple iOS 13, where you can send unknown numbers straight to voicemail. Right. That helps a little bit of the constant ringing, but then you got to clean out your voicemail. Correct. Still, little, little bits are helping. Yeah, every little bit counts. Yeah, and I'm to the point, even before they started to introduce these things that would send a voicemail, if I didn't recognize a number, I wasn't going to pick um, it up. That's exactly what I do. I won't pick it up. So, folks, if you're calling me and you're calling me from a different number, sorry. Yeah, just leave a voicemail, yeah. and if he'll actually, he'll get back to you. I might. I might actually listen to it. Yes. But uh, with the new year here, uh, thoughts will soon turn to W-2s and tax prep and the Internal oh, yeah. Revenue Service and all of that. Um, the IRS, speaking to them, recently announced uh, an agreement with Free File Inc., uh, which is intended to provide more clarity for taxpayers who choose to use the free online tax software during the 2020 filing season. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've had Free File for quite a while. Correct. And I believe there was sort of a problem where people would search for Free File and go to these tax prep websites that were participating – but then they would eventually kind of get steered to the paid product of instead course. of the free one. Yeah. Um, for those unfamiliar with the program, um, these participating tax prep companies all band together under the free file banner. And they provide their software free to any taxpayer earning $69,000 or less. And you can right. find all of the participating ones listed online. Good place to go is irs.gov slash free file. But under this new agreement that the IRS has reached with these folks, the companies now uh, will not exclude their free file landing page from just a generic internet search. So uh, someone just searches for free file, whatever uh, tax name, then they should get it and be able to see the free option there. Well, that's kind of them. Yes. Uh, the other uh, commercial providers uh, will ensure that a link to their sites is available to return taxpayers to the IRS free file website at the earliest feasible point in the preparation process if they don't actually qualify for the free file offer. 
And the new agreement will regularly survey taxpayers who successfully e-filed a tax return through the free file program and report uh, the results quarterly to the IRS. So they're trying to make the program stronger, just make sure that free file is free mm-hmm. and uh, go from there. But uh, it does, you know, the word in January, people are going to start, where's my W-2? I want to oh, get my boy. taxes filed. Yeah, trust me, I know. Yeah, so uh, it's the start of a new year. Lovely. Uh, Microsoft is uh, going after a cyber attack group believed to be based in North Korea. Oh. So um, they, they uh, kicked this in at the uh, in December, but um, uh, rolling into the new year, though, they are uh, aggressively going after. Yes, on December 27th, a U.S. district court unsealed documents detailing work Microsoft has performed to disrupt these cyber attacks. Uh, and this court order that they got enabled the company to uh, take control of 50 domains that this cyber attack group was using to conduct its operations. So with Microsoft in control now, going to shut those sites down. They can't execute attacks on consumers. Wow. Oh, boy. So, Microsoft yeah. on the offensive. Yes, going for it. Now, uh, while those home testing DNA kits are all the rage for people looking for – I guess, relatively scientific evidence about family history, debatable or not. The Pentagon is warning military personnel not to use the home kits from Ancestry, 23andMe, and all of those other companies, you know, where you send them a cheek swab and they send a thing back and say, oh, you're, you know, 35% Portuguese or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, thatort sort of thing, you know, they break it down. But the, uh, the Pentagon is having an issue with this, as detailed in an internal memo Leaders at the Department of Defense uh, warned active service members that the data from these tests is unreliable in their eyes and could create security risks. The Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act uh, promotes discrimination by health insurers and employers based on inf- information that people carry in their genes, but that law does not apply to members of the military. So, for example, if a home kit DNA test shows that someone has carrier status for sickle cell anemia, that information could limit a soldier's advancement in aviation specialties yes, if they absolutely. think that there's a, a chance that they could develop this. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why the Pentagon is, is not too hot on these um, home tests. DNA test kit companies have spoken out, though, about the Pentagon's memo. A spokesperson from 23andMe said the company took great care to protect consumers' privacy by not sharing information with third parties and claiming that their FDA-authorized health reports have been tested to be over 99% accurate. That's their position. Likewise, a spokesperson for Ancestry.com said that the company uh, does not share their consumer DNA status with insurers, employers, or third-party marketers. So... They're uh, for the Pentagon worrying that information would get out about any soldiers who took these tests. These companies are saying, no, we don't share, but right. still everyone shares, you know, you know something, what? whether it's anonymous, aggregated, whatever. I've accepted the fact that I'm a mutt, so why do, I don't want to know. Yeah, you, you don't want to know the percentages. I don't want to know the percentages. Well, plus it can be in a government database or something, yeah, too. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Then there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah no, I, I haven't yeah. done one either, you know. Yeah, what the heck. I'll just be a Heinz 57. <laughs> that's right, Heinz yeah. 57. And finally, whatever happened to the great ebook revolution of the 2010s? I don't know. What did happen? I know. I was like, where to go? What happened? Uh, now, with that decade now in the past and the Roaring Twenties 2.0 here, some folks have noticed that the rumors of the death of the printed book seem to have been greatly exaggerated. Really? Yes, ebooks on Kindles, Nooks, tablets, and smartphones did grab a big chunk of the market upon arrival. But by the end of the decade, those sales seem to have settled around uh, the 20% total of the book market, leaving the other 80% to good old-fashioned treeware. There you go. 
Curiously enough, it's not millennials snapping up the ebooks either. Uh, that group is going for print uh, yeah, when they want to read something. Time. It's the baby boomers who are going for ebooks, perhaps because of the type size controls, portability. You don't have to get in the car and go out to the library. It's not cool to read on on a tablet anymore. Yeah, so so millennials want ink. There you go. And you know there was that price fixing lawsuit that Apple got tangled up with with a bunch of publishers yeah. and that. Had some fallout from that, and that actually has made ebooks sometimes more expensive true. than uh, their printed editions Very too. True. Careful what you wish for, folks. Yeah, so, so a lot of that oh, it's cheaper. Like, well, well, maybe, maybe it's not. Um, but ebooks have been good uh, for those who self-publish your books, and some people just like them. So we're not going to judge if you want to read it electronically. No go I right have, ahead. I have electronic books. I do. Yeah, and I, I, I will read on either platform if it's something that. I don't know. I don't want to keep the book. I just want to read the information from it. I'll get it an ebook yeah. and just do it on the train. If it's something I know that I'm going to want to reread or have around, or it's a nicely designed book that I would like to display, right? I'll buy it. Of but, course. And if it's something you want to remember, you buy it on paper. Cause yeah. Studies have shown it sticks in the brain better. It does. It so um, yes. So so we'll see where ebooks go here in the Roaring Twenties. Um, that's been a brief look at the news, though. For anyone who would like to know more about the things we talked about, you can find links at poptechjam.com. Up next, we're going to hear about some new hardware. All right, so you, sir, have made a new hardware purchase, have you not? I did make a hardware purchase. And again, I have to emphasize something that we touched on towards the end of last year is that I'm not recognizing myself anymore. I went out and just impulsed bought, uh, you know, a watch, one of those like fancy. Yeah, you got the Samsung. Yeah, wearable watch and all that. I bought a Samsung phone. Did you buy a drone? I did not buy a drone. I've drawn the line on drones. I did not get a drone. But I was complaining about the prices of the Mac Pro and the iMac Pro. I didn't see the need difference-wise for why I would get one or the other. I had revved up and re-retrofitted my Mac, my old Mac Pro, my 2008 Mac Pro. Your beloved cheese grater. My beloved cheese grater, which is still technically... And I'll get to that point, which is still technically cranking along. Uh huh. Twelve years later, uh-huh. still going. Do you have those antique car license plates on it? Yet? <laughs> I should. I should put it anyway. To make a long story short, I got myself an iMac Pro. iMac Pro. Pro black. What is it now? It's not black. What do they call it? Uh, space gray. Space gray. Yeah. With the black keyboard and everything. That's actually a very cool thing. It's a 5K retina display. 5K retina display, big honking 27-inch screen, which I didn't really think through because it's ginormous. Uh-huh. Did it you have really to is get ginormous. a bigger room to put it in? I have to like literally put it at the very back of my desk, like as far back as possible. And I don't live in a really big apartment. So yeah. it's like, yeah, this thing's taking up some space. Okay, yeah, I don't have the giant cheese grater, but I got this giant thing. But yeah. anyway, the point is that my whole screed, my whole spiel was that I'm not going to spend this money. You know, I was ranting and raving, yeah. but I spent the money. The reason I went with the iMac, and we'll talk about this a little later, but the need for a tower or a desktop kind of 
gone. Yeah. You know, really, you don't necessarily need that. Yeah, unless looked, you're going to, like, upgrade it all the time. Correct. You don't need to get in there, yeah. You don't need to get in there. And that's the whole point. I'm doing a lot of audio work. I'm not doing video work. But one of the stipulations, like I said, was I wanted to keep my Mac Pro, my old Mac Pro, my beloved cheese grater, as yes. you called it. So I decided to make it a RAID server. Okay. I packed a whole bunch of drives in there. I can use this. I can make it a server, maybe a media server, and I can back up all my files and all that stuff. I'll, I'll make it a RAID. I'll set up some RAID drives and all that. I figured this has got to be super simple because, hey, I noticed on Lion and on the other operating systems, the Mac OSs, that you could just go into the format the drive and make it a RAID drive. Damn. This is great. This Easy is fantastic. peasy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Except if you have El Capitan. Uh-huh. They took it away in El Capitan. Why? Were they trying no to idea. sell an external server product? I, I imagine so. They took it away. They gave they took it away that option from the uh, disk utility. So here I am, ready to go. I'm gonna do it. And there's no formatting oh, man. for RAID. So did you have to run out and find some nice third-party software to give you a boost? I did indeed. Actually, a really long time ago, I talked about Soft RAID, the software RAID option that you can use. It's from OWC, mm-hmm. Other World Computing. And I figured, wait, I have this software that I haven't used in ages. Let me see if it works. Could it work here? It, could it work here? Sure enough, loaded it up. Boom, I was in. I got a RAID 5 set up. And it worked like a charm. Lots of terabytes to back stuff up Lots of terabytes. It was really simple to do. The software just walked you right through it. It's Again, it's SoftRaid. I went with SoftRaid Pro, which is a little pricey, $179. But it really did the trick. Yeah. I didn't have anything else to compare it with because I was going to try to use the disk utility, which had disappeared in El Capitan. And El Capitan is the last OS that I can use on the old cheese grater. On a gigabit network, just throwing things back and forth. I would imagine if you have a 10 gigabit setup, it would be even faster. Really, really pleased with the setup. But of course, I have the giant tower. Yeah, so did you throw a tablecloth over it and it's like an untable now? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to figure out something to do with it. But eventually I will go with a RAID enclosure and retire the Mac Pro, you know. Yeah, well, at least it's getting a second life here. It really is. And it's being useful for the family's networking needs. It is, honest to God, the best computer I have ever owned in my life. The thing is still working. We're talking, for you folks who maybe don't remember back in the day, the life expectancy of a PC was like, Two years, yeah. max. Yeah, they either you know couldn't put any more RAM in, ran out of hard drive right. space, ran out of hard drive space. This yeah. you could, you got any graphics card? This thing is twelve years old. Wow, next year it'll be a man. It'll be. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna have a bar mitzvah. Yeah, but it's just it, it, this is like an incredible piece of hardware. It's, I got to keep it in the family. I yeah, have to. Yeah, it's a sentimental, you know. Of course, but anyway, getting back to the iMac. This thing's a beast. I don't think I'm going to get 12 years out of this thing, but I can see myself not having to worry about upgrading for at least five. And that's fantastic. If I can go five, six, maybe seven years without having to redo my hardware, that's, you know, that that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Everything's lined up. The only thing that freaked me out, though, of course, was impulse buy 
I'm like getting ready to set everything up. I'm like, okay, I got my, I got to edit the show. So I got stuff to do, you know, head stepper, blah, blah, blah. I realized there's a new operating system out, Catalina. Uh huh. The drivers aren't there because in an amazingly frustrating series of events, Apple has a history now of rolling out this OS and companies have to play catch up with drivers. So you get an incomplete upgrade basically for your personal stuff. Exactly. Especially if you're doing media work, it's frustrating. You can't upgrade. And the the problem is that they're insistent that you upgrade. It's like they keep flashing. Yeah. Just last night I had to turn something off, uh, you know, automatic updates, everything, because if it slams Catalina in there, I'm out of business. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, I'm done. Have your audio software places said, oh, we're going to have the new driver yes. like next yeah. month? They're, so. they're, they're, you know, they, they slowly, you know, okay, we tested our thing. We did, you know, there's pages and all that, and I'm, I'm keeping up on the whole nonsense. But that's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. And it's also something, maybe it's revisionist history, whatever, but I don't remember things being this bad in the Microsoft era. Like, okay, yeah, you had driver issues. No question about it. Driver problems and all that stuff. I think companies were a lot faster to They absolutely their stuff were. Too. And I'm wondering if it's that Apple's not giving them the golden masters too quick, you know, or not yeah. giving them the, the Well, updates. I mean, a lot of stuff is coming out, too. It feels like it's still beta, like absolutely. the amount of bugs that were in OS oh 13 when it rolled out. Yes. That's, I don't understand this concept. You know what, Apple? Instead of worrying about rolling something out every year, roll it out when it's ready. What's the problem? So people have less, you know, heartache when they upgrade. There's, I guarantee you, there is no one out there screaming, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the next Mac OS. Yeah, what What of my stuff is not going to work after yeah, upgrade? Exactly. It was literally a terrifying moment when I realized, oh my God. But luckily, it had Mojave on it. So, yeah, so you were Because it's safe. a 2017 iMac. And, yeah, and they don't uh, upgrade I, them in the box. So. Whew, they don't. They do not. I was, you know, I breathed a sigh of relief. So, and you went with a, a desktop computer instead of a laptop or, I mean, mobile's a whole other thing. But yeah. just, you need the, the big screen and you want like it was the all comfortable about the workstation. Yeah. It was all about the screen. Honestly, I was considering just getting a 16-inch MacBook, but I like the idea of being able to lay out my editing screen and my mixing screen. Yeah. You know, because at some of the stuff that I mix, it's going to have at least 32 tracks, you know? Yeah, well, so, and Pixel Real Space, I mean, laptops can do a lot, and I do. Mo- I don't have a desktop anymore. I do most of my stuff on Oh, you don't have a, a desktop laptop. anymore? I didn't know that. But you see people who don't even do laptops anymore, like... The tablet is enough, or the yeah. tablet with an external keyboard, or even the phone. And there has been the shift to mobile. It is a lot easier. You've got the internet connection if you've got a, a, a 4G plan yeah. Uh, yeah. ready to go. But but still, a lot of people, if they're just doing browsing or email or Instagram or whatever, they don't need a any type of desktop system or laptop. And you know, it's funny. If Now that you mention it, I can see if I wasn't doing audio work specifically and video work, because occasionally I'll do some video work. I wouldn't need the desktop. Yeah. There would be no need for me to have this honking piece, except my Mac Pro. Yes. you got to pry that from my dead cold hands. Yeah, but the the big screen, even if you have a laptop and then you dock it into like a a 27-inch screen or whatever, there's something nice there about having the big screen. And I do a lot of graphic design layout work, and it's much more relaxing to sort of sit back, have the thing in front of you, than to be crunched over a 13 inch laptop screen yes. and trying to and you don't have as much like if you, you need to go wide you can't go wide you can't, on a laptop you cannot 
So, so there, I, I still find uses for the bigger screens, whether or not we're docking or we're doing an, an iMac or a desktop type right, thing. Right. And as much as the iPad is trying to replace laptops and, and the Surface as well, it, it still does something. You have to buy, I think, a really good external keyboard. I don't like that soft little keyboard no. on the, the cover. Yes. Um, I bought a Zag thing because it's got physical keys and it's got a little hook for your Apple Pencil if you have that. And it does yes. – it makes your iPad weigh five pounds, but you have everything you need and it could conceivably – a swap for a laptop in many situations, but but still, I, I think we're kind of at the point, you know, in five years, are we going to have a lot of desktop, laptop stuff yeah, happening still? I get the feeling we're at a tipping point right now, right? Do you yeah. get that feeling? Yeah, like, and I think there'll always be, like for places like heavy animation rendering, yes. big video, or you need really, really chunky processors. Right. Th- those are still going to be around. Like you're still going to have your workstation for those scenarios, but I think the general public is all about the mobile least. Well, yeah. I mean, if you walk through any office space nowadays, pretty much everyone's on a laptop. Yeah. Everyone's mobile. They don't necessarily want to be chained to a desk. They want to be able to take their workspace and be wherever, put up their feet somewhere. I honestly think we're at a tipping point. I don't see... This might explain why Apple's been always dragging their feet about rolling out the new desktops and the new iMacs and all that. I think an iMac, an all-in-one solution, will probably stick around. Yeah. Because, you know, if you just, you can just pick up and take your iMac and put it in another room. So, yeah. you know, um, I can see that sticking around. But, yeah, I think the—, the Your big component, you know, with the, yeah. the big tower and then the screen and then the keyboard yeah, and then no, the backup drives. Yeah, so. putting in new drives and taking out new drives and all that. I think that's over. Wow. This got dark really quick. I know, but you know, but they'll, they'll still be they'll still be the steampunk retro people. Of who'll course, keep it around, but you know, you're, of course. But but we'll see where it goes. So. Yeah, can I go play with my iMac again? I think you I think you should go home and, and uh, fire it up and you know do a thirty two track mix or something. <laughs> um, yes, which uh, means we should end the show. So you I can think get we should. Going. Um, thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. And thank you, listeners. Uh, we hope everyone had a festive holiday season, festive, no matter yes. what you celebrate. Uh, here we are in the big 2020. And, 2020. Uh, we'll get back into our usual uh, rhythm of shows, hopefully. So um, I gotta until, go get a flapper dress because it's the 20s. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and then get a muted trumpet and nice. let's write some good songs. Oh, yeah. and, so uh, until next time, I'm JD Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.